listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Joanna Cheshire, Pasco County Administration Chief of Staff. I'm filling in for Mike for Women's History Month. We've been officially celebrating women's contributions to society since 1980 when President Jimmy Carter issued a presidential proclamation for National Women's History Week. Now, of course, it's a month-long celebration. So we thought it fitting to invite two of our female leaders to the table, Budget Manager Amy Farrell and Corrections Captain Kim Riggins. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies. Absolutely. Appreciate it. I'm excited to to learn about more of uh, your leadership background and what you do and and, uh, bring this to our viewers, too. So we'll just start off with telling us about yourself and how you came to Pasco County. You want me to go first? Sure. All right. <laughs> so um, I actually got poached from a Sterling Examiner training to come work here. Um, I worked for the Department of Children and Families for 11 and a half years, and we hosted training a lot. And the then budget manager had come. We were I knew her already ahead of time. Um, and there were some vacancies. And she's like, have you ever thought of? And I was like, well, I haven't. And then, of course, after like an arduous pros and cons list, some <laughs> tears were shed. Um, tough decisions were had and been here ever since. Oh, wow. That's great. Did you do Sterling stuff at DCF? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, um, so that kind of connection knowing that we were implementing that here mm-hmm. and that was the leadership framework and how the county was marching forward. I was like, it just felt like our values kind of aligned. That's wonderful. What about you, Captain? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> So I started working in the um, Pasco County Jail 24 years ago underneath the sheriff's office, right? So um, when the jail transitioned from the sheriff's office to the county um, back in October, uh, I transitioned right Mm -hmm. along with them. So here I am, and I'm really excited about the transition and and what this means for us um, as a department. Yeah, we're, I can't tell you how happy we are to have you part of the county. Um, I was part of the transition team with yeah. you and it was just a joy to work with you last year. I know it was hard for everybody. A lot of changes, uh, a lot of unknowns, right? but you definitely, in your leadership, you, you made it easier. And, um, I, I'm from this side, I can speak with honesty with that, but you know, I'm sure your team felt the same way at the jail. So thank you. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it was a pleasure working with you really. Yeah, you too. Thank you. You're both great examples of strong female leaders. When did you first realize you wanted to lead others? Do you know you are leading others? <laughs> yeah. Oh, ooh, uh-oh. Uh, <laughs> well, if uh, if you were to ask my siblings, they'd probably say the day I was born, I I came out bossy, right? <laughs> but um, all kidding aside, I don't, you know, I don't know if there's an actual moment or a time where I was like, oh, this is it, I'm a leader now, you know, or mm-hmm. oh, I really want to lead. I just kind of feel that, you know, organically it happened over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know once I had that first opportunity working professionally um, in more of a formal leadership role, mm-hmm. it like ignited a spark in me, right? And so having the ability to 
like impact others and help others see their potential and grow and, and in turn allowing myself to grow while doing so, it just literally lit, like I said, a, a spark, a passion in me. And it's something that I just truly find satisfying. Um, there's nothing more rewarding to me than being able to take somebody who's maybe struggling a little bit or who needs a little coaching or guidance or maybe just encouragement and really like helping them say, I can do this, you know, I can get there, I can be able to accomplish this. And then whether it's minutes, weeks, months, years later, them coming back to you and saying, wow, thank you. You know, thank you for what you did. And whether, you know, just being there and, and encouraging me and giving me the tools to succeed. And that you, I want to bottle that up, you know, and sell it because mm -hmm. it's it's an amazing feeling that you just I don't think you can get that in any other way. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, um, I was pretty young um, playing sports growing up. I was a soccer player and it it kind of came organically wanting to take some of the stress from my team members and just kind of carry it. Right. Um, like, let's have fun. Let's play. If there's like penalty kick or something, I would raise my hand. Let me I'll I'll wear that burden. You all have fun and then we'll have fun together. Right. And so that kind of was the start of it for me. So like I grew into captain of like my high school team and then um, not so much college. That's a whole different kind of pedigree. I still I was playing D1 school, but I had another captain who was actually the female leader who inspired me, I think, the most. Um, but it just kind of it fit right. And then I just kind of built on that that underlying value of that teamwork, that camaraderie and doing the hard work alongside your team so they know they can do it because they see you doing it. Right. I love that. And listening to both of you, it kind of sounds like, um, you know, with nurturing, like taking that burden on for for your team so it's easier for them. And then also the teaching aspect mm -hmm. uh, that just kind of reminded me of like some of my best teachers and how you as adults, we look back and you think like how powerful their impact right. was in your life. Um, and so that leads me great, greatly into the next question of how's your leadership style different than your male counterparts? Hmm. So for me, I, I don't know if it's really different to me. Leadership isn't about me. It's about the people I'm leading. Right. So I think it has to be very transitional. Um, and how I handle one person versus the other might be different, right? Regardless if they're male or female, um, I think truly in order to be successful, you have to see what makes each person tick mm -hmm. and kind of adjust your way and your style for each person. Yeah, no, I love that she said that because it really is about what does my person, what do my people, what do they need for me in this moment? And moment to moment, day to day, that can change. Right. And so we've got to be kind of flexible and agile. And it's not about how do I necessarily aspire to be a leader, but what do you need from me today? And how can I be flexible and adapt and give that to you, even if that's outside of my comfort zone? Because that's what I signed up for. Right. Yeah, I love the curveball of like when you, um, you're interviewing for a job and they say, what's your leadership style? And it's like, well, right. depends on the day and the person. And right. You know, whatever I need to be. And you're right. That's incumbent upon good leaders is to be able to adapt and learn all those different styles, right. maybe a hybrid of, of multiple and, um, and delivering that to your team yeah. for sure. And asking for that feedback, right? Like, so I thought I really nailed it, but did, did I drop <laughs> right. the ball? Like, did I give you what you needed? Like, ha and having that kind of follow-up dialogue and make sure like, 
okay, that was actually what you needed from me. Mm -hmm. Or asking the question, are you just here to vent or do you want a solution, right? And so kind of knowing like, okay, so that's what you need from me right now, but also following up, like, how'd I do? Right? Yeah, it goes both ways for sure. And I've asked my team before, you know, what what could I have done differently? Or um, give me some feedback, give, give me what I can work on as a manager, because right. I, I want to get better as a leader and managing my team. And so I can't do that. I can't get into your head. I can't guess what right. I could have done better or whatever. So it's uh, and I think that also a good leader is open to that feedback. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Have you guys experienced any resistance um, as a female leader? I, <laughs> so I feel like um, not necessarily as a female leader, um, but I've definitely experienced some resistance being a female on a boy's field. Right. And like. One of those, if you're not going to make space for me at the table, sometimes I just got to either carve out my own space or plan a different field. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, I, again, um, you know, I have been so blessed and I know that I'm fortunate and it's not this way everywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but in in corrections in Pasco County we don't really see male, female. So it's very unique environment, especially in a male dominated field. Sure. Right. I mean, it is, it's all men, right? <laughs> There's a few sure. of us ladies. Um, but I can tell you from, from day one and, and a story I'll share is when I went to the academy a long time ago, <laughs> um, I remember we were doing defensive tactics, right? And back then it was a, a lot smaller than I am now. Um, and, the instructor, you know, we got randomly paired up. And of course, I'm with the biggest guy in the class and and he's strong and just got out of the military. And I'm like, oh, man, this is going to hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, he, we're doing everything we need to do, but he's not giving it 110 because he's like, man, I don't want to hurt her, you sure. know. And I'll remember. And, and it's funny because the instructor at the time was uh, was Chief Jenkins. Now she was a sergeant at the time and she came around and she's like, hey, Tony, listen, if you don't do it 100% once, you're going to keep doing it until you do. And so that stuck with me throughout my entire career. Like, we are all got to do this together and we all got to be at the same level. And, and so I wouldn't want it any other way. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, Tony was like, yes, ma'am, you know, and off he went. And uh, it, it just, it the people that have been put in positions and promoted and grown along the way, I truly believe... Uh, Fully that they're there because of their hard work and their merit and they earned it. And so I am so proud that we have so many great female leaders in our department. I mean, a lot of female leaders and it, it's awesome. You know, um, I'd say probably the only resistance. And again, I don't know if it's male, female, but um, sure. one thing I get sometimes is people when they first meet me, they'll say, you know, man, you're. I was intimidated by you. You're intimidating. And it kind of would make me giggle because I'm like, I'm intimidating or you're intimidated, right? Because those are two totally different things, right? So I'm not mean. I'm not aggressive. I'm just very honest and outspoken. And I'm very confident in who I am as a person and as a leader. And so I had to realize for my own sake, as well as for them, that this isn't about me. Right. It was about the perception of me. And so it was my responsibility to change that. Right. And mm. so literally just after a few moments, they realize that I'm this big goofball who laughs and jokes about everything. And, you know, my 
my humor is that of a 12 year old. And so, <laughs> so it usually breaks the ice and, and comes across. But I think just being a strong female in a male dominated industry that sometimes that's the initial take is, oh, she's going to be hard. She's going to be harsh. And it's just not. Sometimes it makes me think that it can be harder for us because we have to adapt and think of that way. Right. And so like we have to we have to make sure to either turn it up or tone it down, depending on who mm -hmm. we're with. And I think yeah. that it kind of makes us a more dynamic leader if you think about it that way. But I, yeah, I think that just naturally raises our emotional intelligence to a degree that maybe our male counterparts haven't had it had to fine tune that skill. Right. Sure. Because they can just come as you are. And that's just globally accepted. Right. Right. As females keep breaking those glass ceilings. Right. Um, and we're making space. I think that might that might start to change and adapt over time. But for the time being, you're right. Sometimes we got to tone it up or turn it down. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in keeping with women's history theme, who has been the biggest female influence in your life in terms of leadership? So my captain of my college soccer team. She, um, one practice we were doing lots of running and if everyone didn't finish by a certain time, we all just kept going. Right. And so we had kept going and there was one girl on our team who just, she wasn't making it. Mm -hmm. So our captain just finished her whole group. They all made it. So she lined up, ran again. That girl made it. How do you not? Right. Like um, right. we're putting in work. We're a team, right? We are only as strong as our weakest link. And so here's our captain just. That's awesome. And that sticks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's huge. So I think my, I've had two really, really strong female leaders um, in my professional career. And, and so the first, um, would be retired Lieutenant Barbara Taylor, right? She is an amazing woman and she taught me so much and I'm so grateful to her. And every day I fight to make her proud of me, right? So um, I kind of, you know, I've grown up in the Pasco County Jail essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Which I don't know if many people want to say that, <laughs> but on the other side of the bars. <laughs> sure, some people can say that. Right, sure, on the good side, yeah. right? So, um, but, you know, she really taught me what true leadership was about selflessness mm -hmm. and about pushing me. She would always push me to grow and go outside my comfort zone and make me do things that I'm like, oh, gosh, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but she cared. She cared so much. She was so invested in me um, and my peers that, you know, her integrity could never be questioned. Right. And even if she had to tell me something hard or difficult to hear, I knew that it was true because I believed in her and I knew that she cared. Um, and so for that, I think in my formative years, she definitely was the most impactful. Um, I have to say more as a senior leadership position, um, Chief Jenkins, I mean, it, it kind of goes without saying, right? So that woman is one of the hardest working, dedicated, committed people I have ever met in my life. Um, she, her whole heart goes into everything she does. And I truly believe that everything she does is for the right reason. Right. And so that is an honorable thing. And it doesn't matter how busy she is. If, if the sky is falling, right. Or, you know, it's a chaotic day and, and things are really difficult and she's got a million things. She always finds time. She, her door is always open. She never makes you feel rushed or like you're an inconvenience. Um, whether it's to vent or to coach you or to give you advice or 
calm you down or whatever it could be. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I, I'm so grateful for that. Um, and she has the faith and belief in me that I really need to be successful because she knows that if she gives me any task, I'm going to take it and do it because I don't want to let her down. Mm. And so, um, I'd, I'd have to say that those two really have had the biggest impact. That's awesome. She sounds an awful lot like Kathy Pearson mm. to me. Yeah. Over public uh, public services, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a fierceness for which she fights for her people yeah. that like is commendable. Um, and her ability to just you know where you sit with her, right? Mm-hmm. You know where you sit, right? And you you don't feel offended by it. You feel empowered to do better, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but you always know. Yeah. And you know that she's there and she's going to fight in your corner, whether you work for her or she just knows you because you hang out in meetings or whatever right. that looks like. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, we've got some fierce women. We really do. <laughs> I got so many thoughts going here. Right? We're, we're master um, multitaskers, too. Like you were saying, right. you know, Chief Jenkins just working the hardest, uh, one of the hardest w- working women here in Pasco County. And mm-hmm. uh, we wear many hats in our lives too. For you sure. Know, a lot of us have kids, families. Yeah. We have a lot of other responsibilities outside of work. Right. It kind of goes back to having um, that ability to be in touch with what's needed at what time and wearing those hats and, and f- the quickness in which we flip the hats too. Absolutely. Yeah. That's important. Um, so we talk a lot about work-life balance. Perfect segue. How do you guys balance leadership at work with your home life? I have a strict cutoff point, right? So I leave work. I call my husband. He gets off work before me. So we chat. How was your day? How was my day? We talk about it. Work was like this. I had this challenge, overcame it, yada, yada. Um, I get home with the baby from daycare and that's it. It's family time. It's dinner time. It's us time. We're not going to talk about it again. Talk tomorrow. See how the next day went. But right. So it's kind of sometimes it's just making those hard boundaries and lines in your life, and then making sure that you are following through with, nope, that's my boundary. It took me a long time to get there because <laughs> that was that was not always the case. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, um, especially in, in my field, it's very difficult to say I always leave work at the door because sometimes liter- literally work follows me home, right? So the phone's ringing and, and oh, you got to go back in or, oh, there's something going on. Um, but I really try my best to leave work at work. Um, and when I'm home, I mean, first I have to thank my husband is so tolerant and so understanding. And I thank God for him because this is a long time he's put up with missing holidays and missing mm. weekends and not making things and missed dinners. And, you know, and so our 3 a.m. wake up calls mm-hmm. <laughs> when he's got to get up at 430, you know, so um, does he work in public safety as well? He doesn't. Okay. He doesn't. Um, but it's so so first and foremost, I have to thank that. Right. And having that support system, an amazing family. Um, secondly, when I'm home mm-hmm. to be committed to quality time mm-hmm. and I have to work at that. I'll be mm-hmm. honest. Sometimes I'm tired, you know, and it's yeah. hard and I don't want to. You know? <laughs> and so it's like, okay, get up, get over yourself and let's go. Right. So um, I have two grown daughters. So I'm at the opposite end of where you're at with a, with a baby. Um, my daughters are, are 21 and 22. And so we're in a different stage where we're starting to transition into that empty nest. Mm-hmm. Right. So my oldest, um, she's lived on her own for a couple of years now and is doing great. And my youngest is a senior at UF, go Gators, right? So, <laughs> so it's very different for us 
now than what it was three years ago, sure. you know? And so we're just at a different stage. And so I, I actually have to make sure that I'm not neglecting my husband because it's just him and I at home now, right? And our, and our pups. So, yeah. <laughs> and they're needy. <laughs> um, so yeah, so just being present and doing things that we really enjoy, you know, finding your passion outside of work. Yes. You know, we, we love to travel and, and anything on the water, fishing, boating, the beach, whatever, just being together is so important. And so that is something I, I constantly work at to try and be better with. Yeah, and I think at le uh, as leaders, it's our responsibility too to set that example for our team. So Absolutely. by saying that and doing it too, like I love here at Pasco County, we have a no vacation shaming policy. Right. So, you know, take your PTO. Don't think about work. We've got it. You know, we're not going to text you or bother you. Do not check email. We'll see you when you get back. <laughs> everything, so is, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> I know it, it's, it's hard. And I'll, sometimes I'll tell my team, I'll, I'm just deleting the junk. Like <laughs> I promise I'm not going to do anything active. I'm literally just on the defense. Right. Um, and, and I do tell them when I leave, you know, if you need anything, just Call. text me. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather give you a quick answer than have you, you know, go through the brain damage of trying right. to, to find the answer. But all that being said, right. as leaders, as team leaders, we need to, to set that example That's that right. it's okay to break away from work. Work is just one part of us, not all of us. Right. And uh, thankfully we work for local government where we feel like we are giving back to the community and doing it side by side with awesome people. So Absolutely. that's just a reminder to compartmentalize, which has been hard for me as well, yeah. um, because we we do, obviously we're go-getters, you know, right. so we do want more. We do feel like we need to do certain things in order to get more and to get ahead, but taking that step back, right. a breather. Um, <laughs> so this kind of goes into self-care and mental health. Right. Uh, yeah. You mentioned doing stuff outside of work that has nothing to do with work. And sometimes- Absolutely. Even, especially in public safety, it's important to sometimes do things outside of work, not with work people. Absolutely. So that tell me, tell me more about self-care and mental health for, for you guys. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? So I, I can tell you, I've, I've been, I've run the gambit as far as, you know, over 24 years, you know, I, I started with a whole lot of friends and none of them were in public safety to no friends that weren't in public safety because you kind of isolate yourself and you go through stages where, you know, your peers understand you and they understand what you're going on and they understand, Hey, you had this really terrible thing at work happened today or, or what that's like. And, you know, if you have to cancel or I got mandatory overtime or whatever. And so slowly and gradually mm -hmm. you, you find yourself withdrawing. And, mm -hmm. and I say it to you because it, for me, it was definitely my fault withdrawing from those friends because I just, it was easier, mm -hmm. right? It was easier. And I, and I found that connection and, it's good and bad. The people I work with are my family. I mean, I love those men and women. I mean, I grew up with them. I My heart is there. I spend more time with them than I do with my family. So Absolutely. it's very difficult to pull mm -hmm. away sometimes because that's who I want to be with. Mm -hmm. But um, I've also found and, and gotten back to the point where I have friends outside of work that I can do that with and I can get away. And, and even with my friends at work, we have a strict no work policy, right? So we're not talking about work. We're going to go out. We're going to have fun. We're going to, we're going to go do this or that. And, and sometimes we break our rule. I'm not going to lie, right? It's a little harder than it sounds. Um, but for the most part, we really try to keep that separation and, and having those friends outside of that environment is so important. Um, in public safety kind of keeps you from, from growing hard, right? Or, or mm -hmm. getting more callous about things. So mm -hmm. 
it's really important for mental health, I think, to do that and to find healthy outlets to um, relieve your stress. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I almost daily four or five times a week I work out before work. I'm a part of the rooster crew, I guess you could call us 5 a.m.ers. I, I hit my garage gym and throw a bunch of weight around and grunt and make noises, um, which is why I do it alone, right? Because that's kind of embarrassing uh, at, a, at a place with other people who might not get it. Sure. Um, I like to journal um, daily about just a thing I'm happy for mm-hmm. that day. Um, playing with my toddler helps. And I've gotten to a point where kind of like you, I've gone through phases. I've had a whole lot of friends who weren't work people, than just work people. And now it's a blend, but it's back to the quality over quantity. Absolutely. Right. So there's like a small group of close friends who know if I kind of fall off the radar for a couple months, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't want brunch with the ladies. It's just chaotic. Right. And then we'll check in and, and because everyone's adults and we all have lives and right. So they get that. Um, but it's, yeah, okay. I'm going to break away. Sorry, hubs. You're with the kids. I'm out. Um, and it goes back to supportive family. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Yep, you need it. I got you. And next time it's your turn. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes I'll work out in the morning before work too. And I'll go on Instagram and see that Amy has, is already up and doing it. And it just makes me feel less alone. So thank you for right. that. <laughs> I love that. Oh my same goodness. friend, same. Yes. Yeah, I, I wish I could say I'd join you, but I like to sleep every last minute that I get. So I'm I more in the it. evening. I know it. And even in that sleep too, that's self-care. I mean, sometimes, yeah. some yes. mornings, like I'll have a plan, but I just want to prioritize my sleep. Right. And so that's it's important. Yeah. I'm going to do that to be my yep. best self. Yeah. Yeah. So any leadership lessons you'd like to share, successes or challenges? Hmm. I think... I think probably the, one of the lessons that I learned, and, and I truly subscribe to this, and it, I, I, if I could tell anybody, hey, as a leader, one of the most important things to do is to surround yourself with people who challenge you, right? The people that ask the questions, that want to know why, right? And so I think, especially the higher up in the in the leadership field that you go, people get used to just knowing the answer, right? Or, or being able to say, this is why. And so I always want people to question because it's a symbiotic relationship, mm-hmm. right? So it helps me coach and mentor them and explain, hey, this is my thought process and this is why I feel this way or this is why I believe we should do this. Um, but it also allows me to broaden my horizons and think outside the box and get new and fresh ideas. Um, and so together, it truly helps both of us grow, you know? Um, and so I never want the person that's going to be a, a yes man, right? right? I don't want the one that's just going to, oh, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am, you know? And and so I want that person that's going to say, okay, but why? Or what about this, you know? Um, and then the other thing I would say is you can't, you can't truly be a successful leader if you don't truly care. And, and I firmly believe that. I think that you can't fake caring, mm-hmm. right? And people will see right through you. And so if you care, and, and I mentioned it earlier, you know, I could tell you something you don't want to hear, you know, or that you don't agree with. But if you know that I truly care and I'm doing it for the right reason, whether we agree or not, mm-hmm. it's a whole lot easier for you to swallow that and, and go forth and understand that my intent is good. Right. And that I would never do something Mm -hmm. to undermine or hurt you or or, or hold that back. Um, And I I truly believe that that is so important 
to keep constantly in your mind. Um, where if you're just not truthful and honest with people, even when it's hard, it's a difficult conversation, they're always going to question why. Right. So, so those would be the things that I think are, are really important. Absolutely. I am. Um, being mentored at DCF, I did a lot of my leadership growth. I was I went through my growing up, I would call it, at with DCF, Department of Children and Families. Right. Um, I had a mentor there who told me, get comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. Right? Just get comfortable in that feeling because they don't actually get easier. <laughs> no. They don't get more comfortable. But that's how you build trust. And that's how you mm -hmm. build respect. And that's how you build relationship. And you can't truly lead people if you don't have those genuine connections and relationships with them, right? Because it just feels authentic. They're not listening to your feedback and then they're not going to do anything with it, right? If I don't trust you, if you're not someone I would take advice from, I'm not going to listen to you, right? So it's all about that yeah. kind of relationship building. Absolutely. And that comes with being honest, authentic, your true self. So if that means I'm goofy and I'm the loudest <laughs> laughter in the building, like that's what you're getting literally every day because right. that's me, right? And that's what I bring to the table. Yeah. Tell me about mentor mentees in your relation in your life. Ooh, mentor mentee relationships. Oh boy. Um, you know, I, I keep saying there's so many, there's so many, I'm, <laughs> but I really am so blessed and it, it sounds so corny or whatever, like, oh, she's just saying that. But um No, a friend of mine used to make funny because I would I would just always reference, oh, sh she's a mentor, he's a mentor. And then my friend finally is like, do they know that they're mentoring you or do you just look at everyone as mentors? And, and really, they know. It could be both. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes it's, it's you're mentoring me in a way of how not to be. Right. You know? Absolutely. I didn't want to take you from your thought there. No, but. no, not, not at all. Um, no, that's completely accurate. And so I, I'll tell you, I learned, I, I also teach um, at Pasco Hernando State College, right? I teach the academy. And so I learn from those kids and I say kids because some are adults. So, um, but to me, they're, you know, they're sure. my kids, right? Because sure. I'm the instructor. So um, I learned so much from them, you know, and, and my children. And so mm -hmm. it's so important to kind of see every interaction as a mentor-menteeship, right? Mm -hmm. So like you said, good and bad, like where, what can I learn from them? Um, in fact, I, I truly believe that if you're just trying to help others and, and trying to, you know, help them be their best self, it's going to automatically help you be your best self. You know, it, it's karma. It, co it comes back around, um, just by the very nature of it. And it's the same thing I tell them, listen, I don't stand up here and pretend to know everything as I'm giving you guys, you know, instruction or I'm teaching you, I'm learning by teaching you. And mm -hmm. so it helps keep me fresh on skills and things that I learned 24 years ago, you know? Um, so really, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think everybody could be a mentor or mentee. Um, you know, I've definitely been mentored by people way younger and way smarter than me, um, as well as, you know, much older and much dumber. <laughs> so <laughs> I've learned on, on all ends, sure, right? Yeah. So um, I, I just think that's important. Definitely. What about you? So um, speaking of, do they know if they're your mentor or not? I think there was probably a solid year before Budget Bob picked up on the fact that I assigned him my mentor. Um, like it was never spoken. It wasn't a thing we talked about. It was just what I did because I just noticed the brilliance there. Mm -hmm. And like there was there was something there and I needed to just kind of, how much can I get from you? Like, what can right. I pull out of your brain? What can I learn? What of mm -hmm. your skills can I make mine, right? Um, and then I finally, I think I just told him, I was like, you know, you're like kind of my unofficial mentor, right? 
Um, and now we joke that we're besties. Um, and sometimes we fight like we're besties, right? Because it just got to that point. But I mean, right. yeah, I just, I'm like you, I need to know what you know mm -hmm. as much as I can right. um, before whenever you decide to leave the county, like, uh, so sponge. Um, and so now it's just kind of a, a running joke we have. <laughs> Absolutely. Captain, you know, you, you mentioned a couple women that you look up to earlier. Yeah. I, I don't know how you guys connect with this, but I really wish that I had more female mentors uh, yeah. growing, you know, through my career and whatnot. I really shout out to all the men that I feel like mentored me in a way. Right. Um, I thought that was, I think that's fantastic. But I now my time at Pasco County, I feel like this is kind of cathartic because I have a lot of peer mentors that are women. Right. And I just feel like there's so much talent and everyone is so different. Um, yeah. you know, there, I was looking at the, um, senior leadership, 40% of our senior leadership are women. That's awesome. That's very awesome. proud of that. Yeah. Very, very proud of that. So I'm, I'm happy to, to, um, thank you. Basically <laughs> just thank you. Um, how can women support other women in organizations? I think, um, kind of what we're doing here, right? I mean, strip the lights out, strip the mics out, but just come together, right? right. Talk mm -hmm. about it. Like, have you had struggles? What has that looked like? Because sometimes right. we don't talk about it, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes it's just one of those like buck up buttercup, get through, right? <laughs> it's Monday, it's Tuesday, you just got to go. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, reach out, talk to each other, have those meaningful conversations. Mm -hmm. How did you get to be where you were? Did you have this struggle? Like I'm going through this thing right now. Right. And maybe you have mm -hmm. some perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's one way we can just lift and build each other up, right? Just talk, mm -hmm. make yeah. those connections. Yeah. I think that's awesome, Amy. Um, and and so accurate, right? So, so oftentimes, and I think I, I've been guilty of it as well. I think oftentimes we get so wrapped up and so busy that we don't take the time to reach outside of our our um, preformed circle, I guess, right? Sure. <laughs> to say, hey, let me reach out to budget. Let me reach out to the chief of staff. Let me reach out to finance or wherever and say, hey, you know, um, and I, it has been a very short time since I've been with the county and I am so impressed with the people that I have interacted with. And, and so I know that I can pick up the phone at any time and whether, no matter what department it is that I'm calling, somebody's on the other line and eager to help. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's awesome, you know? And so for, for somebody that is so outspoken, right. And somebody that isn't shy or quiet by any means, um, I also am not always the first person to reach out. Right. And so mm -hmm. that's something that I struggle with is saying, you know, what's the, the old adage is what's harder to say, right? I'm sorry. I love you or I need help. Right. So I need help. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's difficult sometimes to do that. And so I have, I actively work really hard. Fortunately for coming to the County, I don't have a choice because I need help because <laughs> right. I'm learning different processes and procedures right. and, and things. And so, um, everybody has been so amazing on that. Um, yeah, it's just, do you it's, think it's do you think it's harder for a woman to say I need help? No, I don't. I don't. I truly don't. I think men are terrible at that. And maybe that's <laughs> help a, and a bad thing to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a bad thing to say. I don't know. But based on my experience, right? Um men sometimes, and it's definitely sure. a, a biased statement, right? But they're they're afraid to say I need help. They see it as a weakness. Or I think women are more apt to say, hey, I need help, mm -hmm. you know? Um I know for me, it's a little bit difficult. And I think part of that is my personality and my environment and who I am as a person. I'm fiercely independent and sometimes to my own detriment. Mm -hmm. And so um, so I can relate with the men on that one. Sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, ditto, right, is I think appropriate. <laughs> um, but I, I kind of feel that in my core, right, that, that I'm, I'm, a, I'm an independent woman. I don't need help. And then sometimes it just kind of backfires because then you're like, well, now I'm reaching burnout city and now I'm right. going to spiral. And so now I look like that over emotional woman that I was trying to get pegged as, right? Like I just spun right. myself into oh, that okay. situation, right? right. I, I spoke it into the universe. Yes. <laughs> um, so part of what I've been coaching myself on is before I raise my hand, yeah, I can do that. Um, I can, but should I? Right. And it's just that simple, like, I can do that, but am I the right person to that? Do I need to keep raising my hand up because mm -hmm. I don't necessarily like to ask for help? So, right. right. So it's that balance between, okay, there's times I need to ask for help. And maybe there's times I just got to stop raising my dang hand <laughs> <laughs> and just taking on more. Right? right. Yeah. I often ask the team, you know, I, I don't see what you see. Like right. you guys are in the nitty gritty of things. I have kind of like a high level of it. I know enough to be dangerous. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you need yeah. to you need to make me aware of things when things you know, if something's right. going haywire or if you come across a roadblock and you need some help breaking that down or whatever. So um yeah, so it's totally normal to ask for help. I I like that. What about people starting a career in your field, specifically women? What would what tools oh. of advice would you give them? You could go first. <laughs> <laughs> so it, so my entire history of experience in a financial field is with Pasco, right? And so I get theoretically that the financial field is a male dominated industry, but here it's not. There's a real good mix, right? So I don't I don't know that I have a good amount of advice for a woman specifically in my field because I haven't had to overcome that that male dominance here. Mm -hmm. um, but just in general, like, do you, be you, figure out who you are as early as you can and then just love her and support her and know that tomorrow you is going to be so much smarter than today. <laughs> and that's okay. That's what life's about, right? Mm -hmm. Live the experience, go through it mm -hmm. and just be open to the fact that you don't know everything. And you just surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Absolutely. And then you look so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the secret sauce, man. Right, right. <laughs> Strong team. <laughs> For me, I'd say do it. Just do it. Like come join us. Right. That's awesome. So, so the, and I love, this is my favorite question, right? I was waiting for this question. So I got excited when you asked it because I'm like, okay, so as a woman, I can't tell you um, the, the amount of times I hear, oh, I would, but I'm too old or I'm too weak or I'm scared or, or what if, and I don't know if I can do that. And, and what about, you know, I have a family and if only I had done it when I was 20, listen, I'm here to tell you none of that matters, right? Take all those insecurities and bottle them up and throw them in the trash, right? Because it is so empowering to go into this field and become a better, stronger version of yourself, right? I mean, you grow so much and you become all those things that you're afraid you're not, you become that, mm -hmm. you embody that. And so there's something that, you know, and, and I hear it all the time, you know, I, I, I'm always actively recruiting, right? So please <laughs> come join my family, come join us. You will love it there. We have the best culture. I mean, truly we do lift each other up, help each other out. Um, and I just, I hate to hear 
anyone, you know, women, man, it doesn't matter, say, I can't because mm -hmm. they can, you know, and we can get you there. And if you don't feel confident and comfortable, we'll teach you, we'll help you, you know, we want you to be there. And so, um, yeah, I, it, it hurts my heart when I hear people think they're not enough or they're not capable because they absolutely are. Mm -hmm. um, and this career will, you not only get to give back to your community so much, but you get to give back to yourself mm -hmm. and help yourself be a better, a better version. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, yes, ladies, come join us, <laughs> come join us. Right. Be part of our family. Men, you too. Come on. You know, uh, we'll welcome you in with open arms and we'll get you where you need to be. That's awesome. I have a couple rapid fire questions here for yeah. you. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Hmm. Listen more, talk less. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good mm -hmm. one. And I need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say don't make a long-term decision on a short-term feeling. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. That one. Yeah. That one. That one. I felt that yeah. one. Yeah, it resonates, right? Yeah. 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 I have to remind myself that sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, I heard at a, I was listening to another local government uh, podcast and the person said, be hard on the issues, soft on the people. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that kind of stuck. Yeah, that stuck yeah. with me. I like that. Yeah. If you could have dinner with any historical figure, who would it be and why? All right, so I'll get real nerdy on this. My Please. undergraduate is a uh, philosophy and one of my favorite philosophers, I have one of his quotes on my rib, um, David Hume. He was back 1800s or we're talking old, but he was a revolutionary thinker for his time. And I just like really heady people who are like, how can things be and not so constrained on how things are. And so he really just drove thinking um, about just where we are in the world, our existence. And so just to have like a five minute conversation, like what's really going on up there? Right, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You think of anyone? Um, so I don't know. It's historical, but to me, um, sure. So I would say my grandmother. So my grandmother passed away when I was fairly young, but we were super close. Yeah. And so I would love to be able to sit down with her and say, "Hey, what do you think about all of this? And and what should I have done different? And where you know?" And she was a single mom back when really mm -hmm. there wasn't single moms, you sure. know. And so it, I just would love to be able to pick her brain as an adult. The things I never knew to ask, you know, when I was younger. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Or you didn't think you had to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. If only I had the wisdom yeah. right now, then. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? Whew. So many. <laughs> you can't you can't grow without risk, right? True. So, um, man, the biggest one. Personal uh, or professional? I would say for me personally would be allowing my... 17 year old daughter i'm sorry she was 18 she just just turned 18 the week before <laughs> go to costa rica for two months on her own and stay there wow it was very difficult for Wait, me how many months two two months. Two, two whole months two whole months ooh, ooh, yeah <laughs> she was like you know Been out in the rainforest and she was joining a uh, charity to help sea turtles and help teach kids English. That's and, awesome. And so it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And she she postponed college for a year and to do that and have that experience. And it, it was hard. It was so hard um, as a mama, right? 
<laughs> of course, I flew down with her. I stayed awake. We did the there fun thing. Yeah. And then I had to go home. Again. And I just remember getting on that plane and crying, going, oh. what am I doing? How am I leaving my kid in a third world country by herself? You know, but I've taught her to be an independent woman. And so I had to have that faith that I preach, right? Right. When it came to my own children and say, she's got this mama. Right. Go home. She's okay. And how proud you must be. Yeah. And she it's and the to, best experience of her life. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So yeah, that for me that was a personal risk. That was difficult. Of course. So that's great. That's really awesome. So you hit personal, so I'll go professional. Coming to the county, I would I had eleven and a half years with the Department of Children and Families. And mm-hmm. I had worked my way up into like an what we would call a director here, right? Like mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. and I was still just climbing, right? I was still just starting my journey there. So making the transition here was a big risk to an unknown. I've got to rebuild my reputation. I've got to form new networking and alliances. Right. And like, what does that look like totally starting over and something that looked way different from what I was doing? <laughs> I have no regrets, um, but that was definitely a big risk. Right. right. You know, um, going somewhere new like that, I, I think about how when Dan Biles came to the county here or any city manager or county administrator, whenever it's typical for them to go to a brand new community. Right. And so I look at the transition that we just went through with one of our assistant county administrators mm-hmm. uh, being promoted to that, appointed to that job, and how he already had the groundwork of the culture, the successes that that Dan, you know, laid and and um, and knew the people, had the trust, you know, had right. to build trust obviously with other people, right. but had a good foundation. I have no idea how county man, new county managers and uh, excuse me county administrators and city managers move into new communities and right. absolutely start that foundation of trust from nothing right and it's and it's the kind of position where you, you need that and mm-hmm. so it just astounds me it kind of humbles me just to think of how successful these people are and right. how they get right because they say it can be lonely at the top right right um it, it, right because like your peer base just gets smaller. Right. And so as you enter an organization kind of higher up with that peer base, mm-hmm. just kind of, right, it can get kind of lonely, I think, maybe. Um, but at the end of the day, there's still people. Right. Right. And so for Dan, he just did a good job of just getting out and just talking to people. Mm-hmm. Right. And he did a really phenomenal job of humanizing himself mm-hmm. to the people and so that builds trust, right? And so Mike's had a great opportunity to come in as a director and then promote up to an assistant county administrator. So he's had more time to kind of do do all of that and set that trust and that foundation. Um, and just, he just became a household name right before he became county administrator. So it's been really fun, I think, mm-hmm. seeing how both of those have turned out very successful for two different, completely different situations, but both men finding great success. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, too, you know, one is extroverted and one is introverted. Right. So I, I love to look at that and, and kind of have that example, too, of anyone could be a leader. You know, there's so many different personality types. So what about we'll end with guilty pleasure? <laughs> Weird reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> like the circle. Um, please don't ask me really? to explain what it is. because It's so weird. <laughs> and like the bachelor type, like spinoff. Like that's, it's where I'm at. Like sure. weird. I don't have to think too hard about this TV that's at the, the end of yep. a long day. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's indulgent travel, right? So I, like I said, I, I, I have a goal that every year I will go to two new places and I do, you know? And so we, even if it's for three or four days, sure. that's, that's what I do. 
That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you, Amy and Kim, for being here. It was great to have you both, really. It's my honor. Uh, special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Pasco Podcast. I hope you'll join us again next time. For more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.